0: More of your life will just start to happen on its own. And it's important to realize that this can be very disorienting for the ego because it's losing control. Because the price is control, but the reward is, it's just so much better. It knows how to do things better than you do. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. I don't have much setup today because our conversation kicks off with a very insightful question about the nature of ego from one of the students who is participating in the course. Speaking of which, clear and open spring quarter begins April 1st, 2021 with the next live course, Psycho-Spiritual Dimensions of the Enneagram. You may have heard of the Enneagram before. The way most people relate to it is as just another personality typing system. It's far more. It is the parent of all personality typing systems. When you understand this model, you can see that literally every system is derivative of it, and usually a far more diluted version. The Enneagram is so powerful that it changes the way you relate to yourself and others irrevocably. You will wonder how you ever lived without it, especially if you manage or parent people. This course will be a deep dive into the psychospiritual dimensions of the Enneagram, aspects not usually talked about, which have immense ramifications everywhere in your life. Not knowing the Enneagram is like not knowing your own gender, in my opinion, because it sheds that much light on who you are, what drives you, and how to be the best version of yourself. I use it constantly in my work with people. When you know it deeply, it's like having x-ray vision into yourself and others. In this 11-week course, I'm going to impart that ability to you, should you dare to accept it. Are you intrigued? I sure hope so. To learn more, go to clearandopen.com slash Enneagram. E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. That's clearandopen.com slash Enneagram. I hope to see you there. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. Is the ego entirely
1: or partially conscious or like thinking about the iceberg, right? Like the traditional iceberg model. From like Freud, is is the ego the like the egoic the egoic process? Is that entirely in our conscious mind, or is part of that below that?
0: Yeah, I'd say both. It's a it's be a fun thing to try to map that. I'd say the most important things are the aspects of the ego that are not conscious, and the key thing is the. The identification with ego, or let's say it this way the sense that the ego is a solid thing, that's in the unconscious. Because if it were in the conscious, when you really see the story that the ego is a solid, alive, tangible, real thing, when you see it, it disappears. Maybe just for a moment. But so by definition then it's operating under the surface it's because it's the same way like you know the walls in the room you're in on one level they're not actually solid right we know if we looked closely enough we'd see there are just lots of particles moving really fast and they're moving so fast that you can't walk through it but on one level it's not solid in fact it's like 99.9% space but we don't experience it that way. Well, what's true? Is it solid or is it not? Well, on one level of reality, it's solid. But on, in another way, it's not solid at all. It's moving and it's mostly made of space. Both are true. That's what we're doing here. So it's not that the ego isn't you know, a real aspect of your experience. Of course it is. It's just not the only way. And what happens, you guys, some of you have already had this experience, when you see the ego, when you try to find the you behind your eyes, what's the experience? Space, right? There's nothing there. Like a wall you can walk through. Well, that's because it's the same as a wall. It's mostly made of space. When you permanently get that and never forget it, that's enlightenment you never believe. So like when you get hooked by a thought, somebody says something and you get triggered or angry or you're obsessing about something, what is necessary for that to happen is you have to believe that your ego is a real thing. More real than it actually is, you see? But the more... Porosified, your ego becomes, or like uh, aerated, the less you believe it, and it may happen all at once. That's unusual, but it happens. And more typically, it happens a little bit over time. You start to just realize, oh, I didn't think these thoughts in the first place, and you experience that I didn't think, I didn't choose to think about that. So why would I be so wrapped up in some thought that got randomly served up to me? It just starts to seem silly.
1: Hey Joseph, would you would you put embarrass like anytime you feel embarrassed or shameful or anything in that what anger, embarrassment, all that, is that what you're talking about? Like if you were to feel that, is it possible to to feel embarrassed, angry without that attachment to ego? I guess is my question. How would how would you how would you frame those emotions tied to are they tied to
0: ego separate? It's, a, it's, a, it's the fader thing again. So let's say, you know theoretically, I don't know if it's possible, but let's say theoretically, you could turn the ego fader all the way down, like no sound whatsoever. And the fader of spirit is all the way up. No, you'd experience no... Well, if it were all the way up, we get a little nauseated and dizzy just thinking about it because when it's all the way up, there's no separation whatsoever from you and anything else. There's no you. So when it's all the way up, that's pure oneness slash nothingness because the two are actually indistinguishable. This is getting a little esoteric, but bear with me. If you turn it all the way up. So like when people say like they're having an experience of oneness, that's on the way to oneness. It's like the event horizon of a black hole. If you could survive space and you know, all that, if you could somehow get there, you can't actually experience the black hole because when you're right up in it, you are it and there's no separation. You would be the black hole. Perhaps, we don't actually know, but go with, go with it for the sake of the metaphor. But as you get close to the black hole, you can be like, look, there's the black hole. I'm experiencing it. Well, there's you over here and there's the black hole over there. So if you're having a oneness experience, it's by definition not oneness because there's a you having the experience. There's two. There's the one experience and then there's you. Now, it may be that uh, very rarefied and the edges of everything are starting to sort of blend and you know, separation is thinning. That's on your way to oneness. But in the center of oneness, you lose consciousness. That's what happens. You're gone because there's only one and you're subsumed by it. And you have a sense of what happened when you wake up because you remember approaching the black hole, but you cannot register experience in that place because to register experience, there has to be an experiencer and the experience. And oneness is where those two things go. But the, the moments right before that are whew, exquisite. That's, that's helpful. Um.
1: Because I from, forgot why I was talking. No, uh, yeah, yeah, no. That's just to have that dial. Um, and from oh, a pop, yeah, I remember. Yeah, from and from a pop culture standpoint, it's been really interesting watching uh, the documentary "The Last Dance," the Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls thing. If anyone else has watched it, because you have these guys that you know this was thirty years ago, and they're still battling it out for who is like the top dog, and
0: it just seems so silly. So let me go because now I remember why I was talking about this. I can tie this up. It's not about if you're a, a non dual fundamentalist, will write off all emotion and say, well, that's just dualistic, you know, crap that uh, is ego fixation and pay it no mind. I don't hold it that way. That's using spirit as a repressive tool because in the end, everything is real. Some things are realer than others, but everything is real. So it's, it's about if your spirit fader is all the way down and your ego fader is all the way up, then every single thought, every single emotion, every aspect of your dualistic experience is a huge problem. Maybe you've had days like that, right? Where it just seems like everything bothers you, right? There's no space, it seems like. It's just every thought that happens it's like oh man now i'm thinking about that again and there that is again it's like everything just bugs you because there's no it's all content you could say and no context and then if you slide the context fader up well that's the space and it's like oh i'm not actually thinking these thoughts anyway well some of them i need to deal with And some things these people say about me are important, but these other things don't actually matter. It increases the, it like injects air into the system. It's not so crowded, you know? Like how you feel when you're overlooking a vista or something. It's just like, that's why we like views because there's this, we like spaciousness because it's context. So I wouldn't say it's about like engineering your experience to get these two faders to match up how you want them to be, that's control. It's more like you, in meditation and in inquiry, you're anchoring more and more of your attention into space, into context. And then the dials start, sort of find a balance on their own. And then, you know, like Obi-Wan says, it commands you, yet it obeys you. So sometimes you can kind of tweak it a little bit, And other times it just does whatever it wants and you kind of find a dance with it. But you definitely don't get to control it. And there are some moments where you feel like it's controlling you entirely and you have no choice whatsoever. Joseph, would you relate that to like, like when you're doing an activity or something where you're in the zone, where you
1: get in the zone, like your body kind of releases and your faders are kind of manipulated themselves their own way and now you're in a zone where yeah,
0: everything's right. away Yeah, that, you
1: feel it, whatever yeah, it is.
0: Yeah, that's nice. I like that because if you're still like, able to function in whatever activity is, then there's some amount of ego there, obviously. Because if the, if the spirit fader is all the way up, you can't do anything. Well, if it's all the way up, you're not there. <laughs> you're unconscious, you can't do anything. But even as it, get, as it gets really close to the top, you know, you just the stillness becomes so intense, you don't want to move. So, yeah, when, you know, when we talk about the zone, that's like a really specific mix of context and content so that you're still able to do and direct what you're doing. But at the same time, it kind of feels like you're not doing it. And you see this in athletics and music. I mean, it can be anything, art. I mean, it can show up anytime you want, but typically something you've practiced, uh, not anytime you want, I shouldn't say that, I- anytime it happens. Um, but typically it happens when. In something that someone's practiced many times again and again and again, so they get to an unconscious kind of competence, and then they can let go of a certain amount of control and let the sort of intelligence of life itself add to whatever the activity is. That's why we love watching professional musicians and athletes, because they make it look so easy. Well, they make it look so easy is because in part, they're not doing it. Well, I
1: think I've like felt it. Like I've been on a hike where you're going and you're thinking, and obviously next thing you know, you're at the top, and you're like, "Wow, I just did two miles or four miles, or it was an hour." And where did it go?
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, so this wasn't
1: intentional at any mean whatsoever.
0: Yeah, there's a kind of effortlessness to it. Um, what well, one of my martial arts teachers called effortless power. And so, the more you wake up which would, you know, if you're meditating effectively, the more you'll see this kind of thing happen. Like you'll arrive somewhere and have not really a clear understanding of how you drove there. Like, hmm, I remember leaving the house and then I got here, which can also happen if you're really, really drunk, I've heard. But that's not what I'm talking about. not talking about blacking out. It's just more of your life will just start to happen on its own. And it's important to realize that this can be very disorienting for the ego because it's losing control. And um, yeah, you just kind of work through that because it's the price is control, but the reward is it's it's just so much better. It knows how to do things better than you do, better than we do. So you give it a little bit more space You can experiment. Okay, what would it be like if Spirit did my grocery shopping today? What would it be like if Spirit makes this phone call? And you know, you play around. You'll probably fail at it nine times out of 10. Nothing will happen, but you know, play around with it. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com review and it will bring you to the right place.